Welcome to Biomechanics on Our Minds. My name is Melissa Boswell. And I'm Hannah O'Day, and we're PhD students at Stanford University. This podcast is brought to you by the International Society of Biomechanics. It's, it's time, time for Boom. Welcome to Boom. We have Biomechanics on Our Minds. Boom. 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 Okay, welcome to Biomechanics on Our Minds. My name is Melissa. And I'm Hannah. And we are so excited to be talking with the co-founders of the International Women in Biomechanics group. Who do I hear? So with us today is Jaishni Maharaj and Anna Ibrahimi, and we are just so excited to be talking with both of you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and um, it's good to see some friendly faces as we all um, have met before, but it's good to chat now. Thanks for inviting us, Mel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe before we start off... um, So we obviously want to dive into the International Women in Biomechanics group that you both started. Um, And this is actually, so this episode is a student voices series, but you technically, you're postdocs now. So, um, but, you know, we decided that we're all students, so that's going to count. Um, And, (laughs) but maybe you can just give an introduction of who you are, um, I guess maybe your current position um, but then also what brought you to biomechanics, as we always like to start off with, what first sparked that interest in biomechanics? Well, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> thanks, yeah, so much for having us. I am a postdoc at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I'm working with Dr. Daryl Thielen. I'm studying muscle tendon loading in children with cerebral palsy. And how I got into biomechanics is maybe Like many people, I was a competitive gymnast, and that really sparked my love for understanding how the body moves and how I could, you know, perform different skills and and make my body move in different ways. And and I just found out from um, going to undergrad at the University of California, Davis, that there was a subfield in biomedical engineering called biomechanics that basically studies human movement and um, all that stuff that I loved. So I um, fortunately had really great mentors that um, encouraged me. I didn't know you were a gymnast. I was a gymnast too, and now I feel like we uh, can bond over that. <laughs> Gosh, I love doing handstands, and that's the only thing I can really do still, is handstands. And that's, uh, that's exactly how I am, but you got to use that handstand skill still. <laughs> Jay, do you want to do a quick introduction? Sure. So I'm Jaisi Maharaj. Um, I'm a postdoc at Griffith University in Brisbane, Australia. I do a lot of musculoskeletal modelling um, to inform lots of different things. So at the moment, I'm working on a project where we're trying to create implants, um, which then we're um, creating these implants and then putting them into cadavers and testing them. So that's what I'm working at the moment. Um, my background and my love is for muscles and tendons and for feet. Um, so this is, I guess, where I come from. I'm a podiatrist by profession. profession. Um, so my undergrad was in podiatry um, and I was a clinician for two years and I still practiced for a very, very long time. And I guess that's where my interest um, for this area developed because as podiatrists, I used to see a lot of musculoskeletal injuries and issues. And a lot of these were treated um, by modifying gait, whether we used photothoses, um, changing gait parameters. And I think sometimes it used to really bother me that we just didn't know enough about certain problems. Um, and that really got to me. And so then I was just trying to look around and see how can I learn more? Um, and I set out to do a master's, but fell into a PhD and here I am. I don't think I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) I love research way too much now. (laughs) Do you feel like you, um, have met kind of the expectation that you had with 
learning more and being able to use that um, maybe in like the clinical setting as you envision? I think more and more now I'm trying to get back to like making my research more relevant. But initially it was just about understanding the basics. Like the foot is so complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst I want to go, oh, I want to do this, this and this, like really you need to like focus um, in on a particular structure. There's like 26 bones in the foot and 32 joints. Mm-hmm. Which one do you focus on? Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Like, whilst I would love to conquer it all, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that realisation took like a while. Be on a t-shirt. Sorry? <laughs> but I feel like that, should, that quote should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you both. Your stories are so cool. I love this question and the answers we get because you can see people's different paths and like coming from totally different like sports versus clinical versus yeah, just like the different personal connections you make with what you're doing are just so fun to hear about. So thank you for sharing those um, those experiences. How it all brings us together. Like it's totally. like a connecting thing. Like that's the, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, totally. That's, and that's one of the things I love about Boom. Like you just totally feel like the connections and we're like in all different parts of the world right now. And, um, and the initiative you have started is super international, just even by nature of where you two are, um, as you just stated. Uh, So almost different poles, like, (laughs) um, (laughs) but um, a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's amazing you find like the correct times to meet and things like that or like yeah adequate times to meet I should say (laughs) Um, but so let's talk a little bit more about that you two meeting during this pandemic on opposite sides of the world like how did this connection come about well it's kind of interesting actually Um, we had a joint lab meeting between um, the biomechanics team at the University of Queensland, so my old lab, uh, and Anna's lab. Um, And we actually decided to catch up after the lab meeting to discuss science, um, to talk more muscle tendons. Um, I I shared a paper with Anna and Anna's like, oh, I'd love to chat to you a bit more about it. But when we actually caught up for the first 15 minutes of the conversation, we were just talking about life and research and grant failures. And then when I had to go to my next meeting, we are like, uh-oh, we forgot to talk research. Kind <laughs> of like at the beginning of this. So it was like, yeah, it just came out of, uh, out of something super unexpected. Um, but it was a conversation that Anna and I really wanted to have with someone. And I think that mm. was how it all came about, like um, just sharing our own ups, ups and downs of both research, and which was further complicated by COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's where it all started. Yeah, and we were, um, we were like, oh, this is great. We should talk to our friends and just try to see, like, how many are interested in talking like this and just kind of chatting about life and what it's like to be an early career scientist and a woman in this field. And so we reached out to, like, maybe 20 or 30 people. And then Jay had the brilliant idea to post it on Twitter, and it exploded. And that's, like... We need to be inclusive. <laughs> was like, and now... It's, maybe four months and it's it's like we have over 420 people in our slack channel which is insane like wow we thought it was just going to be a few of us getting together but there's clearly a lot of women in biomechanics that wanted to connect so and as you guys can see on slack there's people like communicating and being active on it like sharing stuff so it's like yeah yeah that's amazing and at such a time like when connection feels so far like everything feels so far apart like I think it's so awesome that you were able to almost take advantage of like slack and twitter and other ways to bring people together and you have formed such an amazing community already yeah 
And I love that it, you were thinking beyond like yourself too, right? Like you're like, we're having these problems, but like are other people and how can we help other people too? And like, to me, that's like just amazing. And um, yeah, we're thankful. We're part of the group. And so we're really thankful for that too. Um, maybe you could expand a little bit more on um, what the group does and um, what, I guess, a little bit more into like the need for it. Um, I guess even before we do that, so it's the International Whim XN in biomechanics, right? So there's this, the when we are selling it, the, instead of an E in women, it, there's an X, and maybe you can also talk about the significance of that. Um, and then, yeah, and then a little bit more about the group. Yeah, I'll start with the X. So um, it is intentional. We're not misspelling women. Um, <laughs> that way, it's a little bit easier to say. But yeah, the X is is just meant to um, be inclusive of non-binary and trans women. Um, so we want to make sure to to be upfront about that. And I guess the need um, really comes from like both Anna and I come from really good labs with super supportive advisors. Um, like so my advisors, Glenn Lichwag previously and David Saxby and Anna's supervisor, Daryl Thielen are really supportive of us. Like they'll encourage us to apply for grants. They'll put us on grants They encourage us to apply for awards. But we know that um, not everybody has such amazing, incredible supervisors um, um, that push them, give them confidence, kind of have their back kind of thing. And so, and we noticed that, um, we noticed that, and we really wanted to try to be able to provide that sort of support and confidence um, for other women um, and so I guess that's where the need of the International Women in Biomechanics group kind of started was like, hey, let's kind of provide um, some sort of support and um, enhance or, uh, yeah, enhance the confidence of other women so they can get out there and do what they kind of want to do and achieve. Yeah, we, um, we realized kind of early on too that we didn't know like my experience was not the only experience <laughs> um, early on, like thought about putting together a survey and we were blown away. We got over 125 responses and that really helped us in like kind of tailoring the needs of the group too. So we got some really positive responses, right? Like a lot of our women respondents thought that they were confident that they would achieve their career goals, which is awesome. But they also showed things like, um, they were somewhat or not very satisfied with their professional development offerings. And oftentimes they had to train themselves in, in really important areas like data processing and writing and technical skills. And uh, probably the most um, important thing we thought um, from that survey was that more than 50% of the women thought that the stress and mental health challenges um, that they had had a very high or high impact on their productivity. So, um, you know, we have this like wide group of backgrounds, cultures, ages, et cetera. And um, I think this group is really helping us support. We can provide resources for mental health. We can try to provide professional development offerings, um, doing like monthly meetings. Next meeting, we're going to talk about grant writing. So that'll be great. Um, so hopefully trying to address some of those needs. Yeah. yeah. And when you talk about the stresses and the mental health challenges um, that women believe that are having such a high impact on their productivity, maybe you can talk a little bit about the additional pressures that um, women in the field might be facing. Yeah. So uh, the big thing that we do get a lot is like, well, a lot of these pressures are experienced by postdocs or researchers in general. So males and females experience the instability of academia where you're going from one contract to another contract, especially in the postdoc years. Um, and we completely agree. There's a lot of things um, that happen or are experienced by both males and women. 
males and females. But I think women Mm -hmm. have these additional pressures um, that men, well, we have different um, pressures compared Mm -hmm. to men um, in the form of um, when to start a family, like these personal issues, um, like when to start a family. Um, I know some of our members have had, have been discriminated, whether it's been sexually abused or something like that previously as well. And so these are additional pressures that some women also experience. So it's just a, a, a group where women can come together and talk about some of these um, pressures that they experience um, kind of thing. Um, in the survey that Anna uh, mentioned that we did, we found that some of the concerns that women had were women-specific, in fact, um, and these included that they had a um, lack of, um, they lacked um, certain confidence, um, just juggling personal and family commitments, finding safety was really important for them, um, dealing with unfairness previously in their workplace. Um, so these are issues um, and these are issues are different to the issues that males um, face. And so reaching out to other women and talking about these issues can also um, be very com- comforting and Nice for women, especially to provide each other some support kind of thing. Yeah, especially. Oh, go ahead, Hannah. I was just going to say, I love that you've really centered the group, as Melissa was saying, around supporting and finding the needs that are important and the topics that people want to talk about and aren't being talked about or there aren't spaces, you know, adequate to talk about these things in. Um, and that gets right back to what you were talking about with the, with the name of the group, right? Like it all starts there too. Like that is inclusive in itself. So, um, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned I think like, that was really important that you're, well, you're, you said your advisors are so supportive and um, like how important that is, but even then, even it can only be supportive to an extent. I kind of feel like, like, I, like there are these issues, um, with like harassment and some other things that are really sensitive, like you can have, you know, a very supportive um, advisor, but it's still, I feel like a bit of a barrier if they, you know, aren't um, maybe the same gender as you to like let you feel comfortable really talking about some of those challenges. Yeah, it's really important to have some level of peer support definitely there, Um, someone Mm -hmm. that you can, like a friend who kind of understands, who's in your area and that you can kind of reach out to, um, whether it's just for them just to listen because sometimes you just need someone to listen to you, um, that you don't really need someone to tell you exactly what to do or what steps to Mm -hmm. take. You just need someone to, like, vent to or listen to. And I feel like going outside of academia to, like, a and like we all have friends outside of work, but like they might not understand um, as much as someone who is in the field, definitely. Yeah. And sometimes supervisors can't do that. <laughs> definitely. I know that I have some friends that I, <laughs> we just preface a message like wall of text coming and then it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. you just kind of let it all out. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's really cool to have that kind of space and forum, uh, just really accessible to a lot of different people. Um, I don't think, um, I don't think we're a hundred percent there yet because, um, uh, everybody's still trying to get to know each other on the forum, mm-hmm. but we've definitely got avenues, um, and ideas there that will promote more of that. Definitely. Yeah. And I bet there are lots of like it's nice in Slack, you can have like private messages too. So you can have, you, you might be connecting lots of people that are having these private conversations um, on the side that have, wouldn't have otherwise been able to if you hadn't connected them. Yeah, we hope so. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> you need a follow-up survey. 
<laughs> oh yeah, our servers will be followed up. Like so, to demonstrate some of the impact the group can make, we're going to be doing them every six six months to a year to see if the group is actually having an impact and um, is changing things for the better. Definitely, that was the goal of doing this survey. It was a lot of work, so <laughs> that was the big picture idea behind it. That's awesome. You guys, you've really thought about. Uh, you've really thought about lots of different aspects of this and how to have impact. I'm wondering, were there any challenges or have you had any challenges in setting up the group? Yeah, I guess we, we have had overwhelmingly positive support across the board. Um, but I think one challenge that's come up several times actually is um, just having to sometimes justify the group's purpose. Like a lot of People will ask why this group is necessary in 2020 and why is it just for women? Why aren't men included? Um, which are obviously valid questions, but it just takes some time to explain, you know, one, why is there a problem? And then two, why is creating this safe space so important? And so um, I'll give some data because I love sharing the data. <laughs> but in regards yeah, to we love data sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about this so much and I've, I'm like, this is obviously a passion of mine. So I'm, I'm trying to like um, support all of my, my thoughts with, um, with data. So yeah, and in regards to the problem, I was looking this up and, and around the world, not just the United States, um, Australia, India, everywhere, um, only 20% of people who graduate with an engineering degree are women. And it, it changes a little bit, but that's like kind of on average. And that percentage has pretty much been the same for fields like mechanical engineering across several decades. So it's not like we're improving, like we're getting more women. So that's really shocking. And obviously there's um, a clear underrepresentation of women in the field. And then in regards to you know, why, why creating a space just for women is so important, that's, there's a lot of psychology research that backs that. Um, there's studies that show being in isolated spaces or spaces where there's no one else that looks like you um, can actually add to your cognitive load. It can affect your self-confidence. And there's a really nice paper by Dale Shunk that shows the link between self-efficacy and academic motivation. So when women or any underrepresented group has this like increased cognitive load in the classroom and is lacking this belief that they belong or that they can be proficient in the field, um, then they're not likely to stay in the field. And that just kind of supports this leaky pipeline that we have. Um, and I don't, I don't know, self-efficacy, a common phrase. Otherwise, have you guys heard of it before or like? I, I um, use that some in my research with uh, learning about um, adherence to exercise and like, physical activity levels, whether it's the self-efficacy, whether people believe that they um, can move and be active, but I'm interested in um, hearing it in this uh, application. Yeah, yeah, how do you quantify something like that? Yeah, that's um, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think of it more as like just kind of the definition of self-efficacy, like, like Melissa was saying, is like believing oh, you have um, the ability to do something. And that's like, I think it was uh, coined by Albert Bandura in the 70s. It's been around for a while, but I've just kind of started to catch on. But um, huh. so basically, there's a few different areas where you can build that belief system. And it's like one is social persuasion, like having other people tell you you can do it, like kind of encouraging you. Another mm -hmm. is vicarious experiences. So seeing role models or other people that look like oh. you do the task. Um, and then another is actually just doing it yourself. And so all these ways are kind of supported in our group because we are, you know, we're encouraging each other. We are um, showing each other, you know, different career paths and, and showing that there are different ways that you can pursue biomechanics. And um, certainly everyone's trying to um, encourage each other to, to, to do the actual biomechanics. We're asking each other technical questions in Slack and it's, it's really awesome. So there's all these ways that we can build a community and empower women to build their own self-efficacy and, and go on to do really amazing things in biomechanics. And that will just help us retain more women in biomechanics if they are feeling like they have the ability to do so. So, um, Yeah, I, I love that. And it makes me think of, so when we measure self-efficacy in, in the exercise setting, there's a survey for it. And, and then it, 
like one of the questions is like, if it's raining, um, do you still believe that you can go out and exercise? And so like, I'm thinking like kind of metaphorically, like uh, if it's like raining, like, do you still believe that you can do this? You know, oh, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. My computer just died and I, I don't know how. Um, so my screen might be gone. Anyways, um, so I was thinking like metaphorically, if it's raining, do you still believe that you can, you know, accomplish these things? And I think that's kind of the beauty of the group is that it's ongoing. So, um, so you always have people there that can help you face these kind of continual barriers. Yeah, when it's metaphorically raining in your head or wherever, like, yeah, yeah. going down. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> And you can reach out to people that have had similar issues or um, challenges. And like if you like a lot of people have put up some questions and we get replies going, yeah, I had a similar issue come up. I did this, this and this. Like, so it's kind of like you don't have to come up with solutions yourself. There's people who have gone through that. They can give you some solutions and it doesn't seem such like such a big disaster to start off with you have some solutions and then you can adapt them to yourself kind of thing boom would like to thank sanford health for their support in the making of the student voices series sanford health is one of the nation's largest health systems offering integrated care genomic medicine senior care and services research and affordable insurance Sanford Health also offers students both clinical and non-clinical internship experiences throughout the year, as well as graduate student training through a partnership with the University of South Dakota Department of Biomedical Engineering. These student opportunities include biomechanics internships through the Sanford Sports Science Institute and Sanford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Sioux Falls, South Dakota and Fargo, North Dakota, and provide mentorship, professional development, and growth opportunities, including gaining real-world experience and building useful skills to prepare you for the future. And if you want to learn more about student opportunities at Sanford Health, you can visit sanfordhealth.jobs. That's S-A-N-F-O-R-D, health.jobs. How is, like, maintaining this space? Is that, um, is it, have you found it's a lot of work or it feels natural or, or how how's that been for you yeah so I think that's one of the um tough things right we're researchers so our main job is as postdocs <laughs> side gig <laughs> so it happens late nights on the weekends um um, so juggling it all has been one of the tough things, but um, we're really lucky. We have a team now helping us out. Um, so we've got um, people from around the world. So we made sure we got a team that was both at different levels. So all the way from PhD to senior um, lecturers, um, as well as from different countries, um, so we have Kat Daniels, Kirsty McDonald, Caitlin Banks, Sarah Kessler, and Yana Montgomery um, helping us out. So when we make decisions now, like initially it was Anna and I just like trying to get, like trying to solve all these issues. And we found quickly that it couldn't be just us <laughs> doing it. Um, it was just way too much. Um, but now we all our decisions are made amongst the team and it's really good. It's really, really cool because everybody has their own experiences and their own perspectives to it. And yeah, they, we come up with great, like we start off with a small idea and what it transforms into is something pretty amazing by the end of it. So we have a team now, <laughs> thank <Yeah>. God. <laughs> It's also awesome because like people have like really taken on what they're passionate about. Like Sarah Kessler loves social media. So she's like taken on Twitter and she's taken on Instagram and, and um, like uh, Jana just did like a, an Instagram takeo- takeover where she explained her research over, over the Whoa. course of the week. She did an AMA, which is like an ask me anything. Um, so yeah, check out our Instagram too. It's, it's been great. Um, so. We also get the members really involved. Like our logo was created by one of the members. So we try to, as much as possible, we try to engage the members like um, to help us solve um, 
issues or questions, like if we have a question, we'll just take it to the members. And that's the best way to find a solution in our minds is it's for the members. So if they help us answer the questions that we have, it's going to be more appealing to them, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. Go ahead, Anna. Oh, I was with that hand. I cried. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I was just, yeah, just to add on to that, because um, it's kind of exciting. Our, our next meet, we have monthly meetings, and our next meeting is, is basically all member led. So Katie Noss and um, Alexa Johnson are leading the, the grant workshop, and we're having different members talk about different areas of um, the grant cycles and, and different things. So um, we have like breakout rooms to talk about uh, US grants and applying to grants in Australia and applying to grants, you know, internationally and so on. So yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to see what members are interested in and having them pursue that networking opportunities and stuff. That's amazing. And if there's any way that we can, you know, then help um, spread any of the talks or um, any of their messages, just let us know because we would um, love to be able to help in, um, in that way. Um, and Anna, you talked a bit about um, some of the, uh, when we're talking about self-efficacy, you talked about, um, some of the different types of support that is provided by the group. And so I was just wondering maybe the big picture or what the mission is of the group, um, what you've done so far in terms of that, and then where you um, see it going. I guess that's a lot of questions, but. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I can certainly talk a little bit about our, our big picture and I'll start again with the, the sort of the motivation. Um, and I think I mentioned this a little bit, but the, the leaking pipeline of women in STEM and women in engineering, it's basically that we have this pretty much equal ratio of men and women in K-12 education, but then there's all these places where women really leak out of the pipeline. So from undergraduate to grad school and, and in industry, women aren't staying in the, in the STEM fields and engineering faculty and, and other STEM faculty. Um, so I'll paraphrase, I, I love this, my uh, mentor, Dr. Jenny Buckley says this all the time. She's a huge champion for women in engineering, but she says that um, you, um, we have this really talented, well-educated pool of women coming out of K-12 education. But if we don't keep them, get them into engineering and keep them there, we're just missing this enormous wealth of ideas and abilities from really talented individuals. So it kind of goes beyond saying, yeah, we need diversity because, and we need like equal opportunities for everybody because it's the right thing to do, but also it's just going to give us a better product. And there's this great book, um, Scott Page, called The Difference. I don't know if you've heard of it, but that, that also talks about how beneficial diversity is to groups and how it just leads to more productive group members and everything. So anyway, that's a long way of saying our big picture is kind of addressing this pipeline from two ends. One is to increase visibility of women in biomechanics to the younger generation and help um, kind of recruit them into the STEM fields and especially biomechanics. And the second is to foster a community that empowers women to stay in the field and continue throughout their careers, um, just feel like they can build that self-efficacy again to, um, to stay and re retention basically um, in biomechanics. So that's kind of our big picture, yeah. And I guess then the way we try to achieve that is through a few different mechanisms. So um, the two things that we're currently doing is the monthly meetings that we have spoken about um, and a Slack platform. Um, so in the monthly meetings, we'll have keynotes um, followed by like breakout sessions where people can just chat and network with each other. Um, and these networking sessions are generally based on a particular topic or an area. Um, and we also have our Slack channel. Um, the Slack channel is really good um, place for resources. People are always putting up resources, things that they find um, beneficial, um, journal articles that they've read that is really cool questions, just random questions. We also have uh, gen just general chitty chatter, like we have a pets channel. 
um, where uh, we've seen some of your pets. <laughs> um, so those are some of the um, initiatives that we've currently taken. Other initiatives that we're really um, looking at trying to push over the next six months to 12 months is like creating a peer mentoring group um, where we create groups um, based on a particular area. So we might have four to five women um, in a similar level or and or a similar area of biomechanics um, that can catch up and chat about issues that they're having. And so what we're finding is whilst it's difficult to understand which people to directly re reach out to at the moment that might help um, some of the women network a little bit easier. So we've got, we're, we're constantly talking to members, we're constantly coming up um, with our solutions to problems that we get given um, and then we'll trial them out and see them if they work or not. It's like testing a hypothesis and seeing if it works or not and if it doesn't we'll change it and try again. <laughs> and that's I think that's so the cool good. beauty about it, yeah. I think that's the cool thing about it. We just, we're seeing what works and what doesn't work and measuring it um, and then going from there. We wow. like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So, I guess I'm wondering too. So, you talked about the the social media and the Slack channels. So, it would be great if you want to share those. Um, if people want to join, like, what would be the first step in joining the group? But then I was also hoping, like, the group is very welcoming, and I feel like that energy just kind of like radiates through all of the media channels which is amazing. Um, but I'm sure that there, you know, it still is like sometimes hard to just kind of cold reach out to people that you don't know. So I'm also wondering for someone who, let's say like joins a Slack channel and they want to reach out or they want to ask a question, like what would you tell them? Like what advice would you give them? Um, I would, I would be like, post it up there because someone else has probably the same question and is probably feeling just as scared and just as nervous. So like there's like the amount of times that I've gone, oh man, I wonder what the question, what the answer to this is. And then I just wouldn't do it. Um, and then I just do it. And there's like other people going, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, thanks for posting that up. So like, <laughs> we're all thinking it right like we're all thinking it but just no one asks it and so that's something that we're really trying to promote like just ask and it's a really safe environment <laughs> yeah I would also say that there everyone is welcome to we have like an email and we have um um just obviously you can reach out to Jay or I or any of like the exec council members our team um if it's it's too much to post on the big channel. Um, but yeah, reading through, we have a channel that's just new, I think new say hello. And it's basically just kind of an introduction to yourself. What do you do? What are your hobbies? And reading through that is so inspiring. And like Dave was saying, you can just like, so many of us share similar stories of why we got into biomechanics and, and what we're passionate about. And we have similar hobbies like um, crafting and different things. So. It's really fun. Um, I'd recommend reading that too to anyone who wants to join. <laughs> Make a new friend. It's a great channel, great channel ideas. And I love how what you were saying about you really doing like the design thinking process of trying to empathize with your audiences, figure out what the real needs are, prototype different solutions, for brainstorm and prototype different solutions. And then you get feedback and you iterate and you're changing and you're constantly evolving and making this really what it needs to be for the people who it's serving. And I think that's just such an awesome cycle and so cool to like kind of see it evolving. Um, and I'm just wondering like with these different channels and things like um, if you have any, um, we'd love to talk about fails here and like It'd be, I think we just, we just started a fail channel on our Slack. So I was, I was sort of thinking it and Melissa started a celebrate channel on our, on our lab Slack too, as well. So um, wondering if you like, if there was a fail channel, if you have anything to, to contribute there either. 
I can share, Pale, that actually was one of the things that Jay and I first bonded over was, um, it's like a personal fail. It's not necessarily related to the group, but like, um, I've been in my postdoc for, I'm going on three years and I've applied for several grants and I haven't gotten any grants so far. And that's um, been disheartening, especially because this is fortunately my first time really experiencing that. I like my papers have never been flat out rejected yet. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I know, which is I mean, lucky, right? <laughs> fortunate, yeah. And then <laughs> I, um, like, I applied for this NSF graduate research fellowship and I got it on the resubmission. Like I didn't get it the first time, but I got it on the resubmission. So I never had to like deal with so much rejection all in like span of a couple of years. Um, and so that was like, so disheartening. And I think it just also coming from, I think, I don't know, maybe Melissa can speak to this too, but coming from gymnastics and also academia, you're just, it's like this environment where you're just constantly judged by others. <laughs> Your like performance <laughs> constantly judged by others. And I, I really recognized that I was tying so much of my self-worth to my work and my productivity. And I'm working really hard to like try to disconnect those things. But um, uh, sharing those sort of failures <laughs> with the grant writing and, and just kind of being disheartened mm -hmm. actually is what Jay and I first bonded over and then we kind of thought, you know, other women probably have similar, you know, uh, <laughs> feelings, so we should talk to them. And so it blossomed into this beautiful thing that I totally unexpected. So anyway, I have to look at the bright side <laughs> of why I didn't get those grants. Um, maybe, it was, maybe it was for this, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, well, I'm hearing from that is to start failing as soon as possible to just get it out of the way and yeah. <laughs> learn how to move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I think that was um, I was reading uh, the the book from the founder of Nike, and he he said that too. He was like, "Fail quickly so that you can." Yeah. Two <laughs> yep. dog. Yeah. yeah. I almost am like concerned with like my. I mean, maybe. I shouldn't share this, but like I was, I'm have a paper that I'm I've drafted and I'm getting ready to submit somewhere and like going back and forth with what journal and I'm just like, well, why don't we just submit it? And like, if they don't accept it, then like, is is that like ground upon like whatever? We'll just send it somewhere else. We'll just make it better and send it somewhere else. And um, yeah, I'm starting to like maybe worry that I'm not worried enough, but I feel like. <laughs> You know, we it's an it's you have to find that balance, right? <laughs> yeah, so we've been pretty lucky um, with the group. Most of our IDs have been well um, um taken up. Um, like everybody, I have my own like research fails. Um, but as for the group, we're doing okay at the moment. Like we've had a few things where we've tried to create Slack channels and they've just gone completely wrong. Um, <laughs> for the moment it's okay <laughs> it definitely have, helps to have such a great team i'm like so excited that we have so many amazing women in the group and, and just like everyone's helping each other out so yeah i, I think know, yeah i think that's you know, that they just have you know that you definitely found a need and that you've now created a platform where people have already wanted to help and support in these ways and like not only is it is it a platform for people to seek support, but I think also to give support. And I think in some ways that is also so fulfilling. And like, I, yeah, I always feel better when I can like offer support and help to other people. So I feel like it's it, in both ways, it's beneficial. Um, yeah, so I also was wondering, what was that? I said, you feel needed, like it, it, you. it yeah it's a nice feeling and I think that's the whole thing about like also offering help and getting help from members and we really try to promote that especially during COVID where um yeah it really helps with the person's mental um health as well I think definitely yeah so as a um final question um before we share I guess more information on on how to get involved in the group um, we are wondering what you are most excited for 
um, for the future of biomechanics or maybe for the future of uh, the international WIMXN in biomechanics group. Um, yeah, what are you looking forward to? And, and maybe even like if you could jump forward, you know, five, 10 years, what would be the most exciting for you to see? Anna, do you want to go first? Because I definitely have my big exciting ideas for the group. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> yeah, you should go first with your with your big ideas for the group. <laughs> uh, I think it all goes back to um, why um, we set up or set out um, to do this in the first place. It's really to. Um, for that leaky pipeline, but also to keep more women in biomechanics uh, for longer. And even if we can keep a couple more women um, um, doing biomechanics, and that's not just in academia, that's in your industry fields as well. Um, I think that would be um, really a really nice big picture um, goal for us but in the meantime also keeping um, helping our, um, the group members feel more supported having someone to turn to um, those are definitely our big picture things in five to ten years um, I would love for like this might be a bit blue sky but I'm just gonna be putting it out there so don't judge me on it okay so it'd be really cool if we could have like um like grants and things that women can apply for specifically um through the group whether it just be small travel grants to get um mm -hmm. certain women um with their families or something out to um conferences i know there's already um some out there, some programs like that out there. But I think if we can get funding, if the group can get funding that can we can then pass on, that would be really, really cool. If we can get to that level, I'll be like, yes. Because I think that's what I, yeah, that's a gap that currently needs to be further explored and looked into, I think. Um, to me, that'd be really cool. Yeah, they and I compliment each other so much. We were talking about this because like she is really focusing, like she's, her passion is on like retention and like keeping women in STEM and, and like all that stuff. And I'm uh, really interested in like the early stage, like the K-12, like bringing women in. So yeah, my, my interests I think are probably there for the group. I'd love to see us develop outreach programs. Um, we're really inspired by Dr. Paul DeVito's work with National Biomechanics Day and there's a group that I'm really involved with called the Perry Initiative that does hands-on, um, basically does like hands-on modules and, and outreach activities for high school-aged women um, to introduce them to engineering and orthopedic surgery. And so um, I'd love to see us kind of develop that outreach program. And, and also through all of our social, we are just increasing the visibility of women in biomechanics. So hopefully that will also help the next generation. And I think, I think probably the coolest thing for me might be having somebody like that saw our group in junior high school, like join our group later as like, you know, like kind of tracking these women like across the career stages and just being like, oh, they, they heard about our group in 2020 and now they are going off to do amazing things in, in the field um, in 2030 or whatever. So that would be so freaking cool. <laughs> And I'm sure it will happen because there's brilliant women out there. We're going to change our world. So, wow, I feel I can just feel like the passion and energy in this group, and like it's just radiating everywhere. And I feel like I can just see the like if there's like a graph, like it extrapolating and just shooting up into the future, exponential growth, like. Um, <laughs> That's what that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing, and that's what I'm excited about as well. So thank you for everything that you're doing, and just for coming and and it, like sharing all of those experiences and all of these awesome, yeah, initiatives with everyone. Thank you so yeah. much for having us. <laughs> this is yeah, such a we all, yeah. All we say is just um, support the group. So um, females join the group if you want to. If you want to. 
um, join the group. Um, it's a great platform if you haven't already joined the group. And males keep supporting us because we're we're a team in biomechanics. We've got you. You guys still have to support us, and we'll support you. It's it's not one or the other. It's we're yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so support us by uh, liking our stuff or getting your students to join or um, there's lots of ways to do it. Um, so, yeah. I love that. Do you have your, um, can you share your Twitter Twitter handle or your Slack channel or whatever it is that would be like the first, like that people can join and follow? Yeah, our Twitter is INT. W-O-M-X-N-D-I-O-M-E-C-H. So int women, WIMXN Biomech. So once they find we have our, <laughs> our link to our website, and the website has um, a special page for becoming a member. So that's like really easy. You just put out your name and an email, and we will invite you to the Slack channel. So, um, yeah. Amazing. And we'll include the website and the Twitter handle in the description of the episode. So it'll be easy for people to find. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know how we can keep supporting you and um, like through Boom, but also personally, I loved your ideas of getting other people involved. And if, um, yeah, we're always happy to, to support you and support each other. Um, so thank you for giving us that opportunity to do that. Thanks for having us. It's been fun. It has been. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, really. And and just to have, like, a fun conversation, like you said, like, we, the beginning of this conversation didn't even feel like we were here to, do, you know, do a podcast episode, like, just felt like we were all getting on to, to have some fun and have a good conversation. And that's, that's what it feels like ending it, too. So thank you. Yeah. It's good to see you guys, too, Faye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you at a conference in person. Sweden. <laughs> we'll take care and um, yeah, keep us updated. Thanks for listening to Student Voices, a series by Biomechanics on Our Minds by students and for students. If you have an idea for an episode of Student Voices or if you want to host your own episode, please reach out to us at biomechanicsonourminds at gmail.com or tweet at us at biomechanicsoom. We'd love to hear from you. Let's keep these conversations going.